Hello and welcome to the Calvary Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. Whether you're listening from across the street or around the world, we pray this message will encourage you, build your faith, and bless your life. Again, that's coming next week, but I know some of you won't be here next week, so you can give today uh, to Convoy of Hope. Just make your checks out to Calvary, and we'll send one check to them. We're so blessed today because one of the senior vice presidents from Convoy of Hope is here today. He's a friend of ours and a friend of this church. His name is Pastor Brad Rosenberg, and uh, he's been in Springfield serving with Convoy of Hope for a few years. But before that, he was a staff pastor in Virginia and Maryland, and then a lead pastor uh, for many, many years in the Cincinnati, Ohio uh, area. And in fact, he took a church there that was giving annually about $300,000 to missions, which is incredible. And uh, the year that he left to, to go to Convoy of Hope, that same church gave $2 million just to missions. Pretty incredible. Yeah. Pretty awesome. To talk to him is to love him. And if you want to see him get emotional, just start talking about those who are lost and who are missing because that's what really gets him. His heart breaks for those who have not yet heard about Jesus and who are having hungry bellies that need to be fed. And I just love that he eats, sleeps, and breathes missions. He's one of my best friends, and I can't wait for you to hear from him. So Calvary family, would you do me a favor and help welcome Pastor Brad Rosenberg. Come on, everybody. Thank you so much, Calvary. Good morning. I lost my voice somewhere between here and another country, but we're going to try to push through this morning. I know that uh, just a few weeks ago was the fifth year anniversary for Pastor Benny and Kelly, and uh, Pastor Sean was so kind to send me a, an invitation to do a video, but I wanted to do it in person, Pastor Sean, because these people are just straight up awesome. So I want you to pretend for a moment that the Baltimore Ravens have won the Super Bowl. <laughs> this is close to my heart because Lamar Jackson is my fantasy football quarterback, so it's important for me, yeah. And I want you to scream and holler and cheer and whoop and whatever noise you want to make to let Pastor Benny and Kelly know how much you love and appreciate them. Would you do that this morning, please? <laughs> Yes, yes, and, and I also want you to remember this, uh, because sometimes this gets forgotten, but Elena and Malia and Benny and Lacey, uh, these kids are so special and so dear to my heart, and sometime today I want you to find them before you leave and thank them for sharing their mom and dad with you. So make sure you do that sometime today. They are special, special young people. And there's one more guy. Where'd Pastor Sean go? He's like a magic trick. He just disappears. He's here and then he's gone. But Pastor Sean, I've been watching him and I'm on the road every single weekend around the world and around the country at churches. There's Pastor Sean right there. And when, um, 
When you find a worship pastor who has such a spirit of humility and wants to make it all about Jesus and nothing about himself, God has given this church a special gift in Pastor Sean. So love and appreciate you, friend. Now turn to the person next to you and say, you look fantastic. Okay, now I want you to turn to the other side. Turn to the other side and say, how about you taking me to lunch? <laughs> All right. Now, now that, okay. Now that we got that out of the way, you can listen to me for just a few minutes and then I'll let you go to lunch, deal? If I've got any voice left, I'm gonna try to push through this. So, but I love this church and I love Pastor Benny and Kelly and uh, it's like, for me, this is like coming home to get to be with you guys today. So thank you for always being so kind and so welcoming and, and uh, letting me be part of this family as well. I wanna start by asking you a few questions this morning. You're, you can interact, you can raise your hand, whatever, but uh, what I wanna give you this morning is really a, a theology of compassion. To give you a biblical context of why caring about the poor and suffering is pretty important to God. I have a core value that I live by. It's simply this, that lost people matter to God, so they better matter to the church. Let me try that in this section, who may have had a second cup of coffee. <laughs> lost people matter to God, so they better matter to the church. Yeah. That's why we do what we do. That's why we have a Mission Sunday. That's why we have a Missions Month. That's why Pastor Benny and Kelly are leading us in this endeavor. So I'm going to ask you a few questions this morning, and I want you to give me feedback and Talk back, that's all good, that's all fine. Well, question number one is this, these are not trick questions. Just want you to respond. How many of you would like to live a relatively happy life? Let me see your hands, okay? A couple of you still wanting a rotten life, that's okay. <laughs> question number two, how many of you would like your life to truly be an act of worship? Let me see your hands. You want your life to be an act of worship, yes. Question number three, how many of you would like to keep a reasonably solid financial portfolio. Somebody raised their hand before I even finished the question in this room. You got 100% on that one, Pastor Benny. And question number four, how many of you would be thankful if God himself listened to the cries of your heart? Okay? Now, God's word speaks clearly to all four of these. And when we understand that his word has something to say about it, then our role is just to follow what God's word says, amen? And what I say doesn't matter, but what God says, buddy, we better get on the stick, right? God's word is absolute truth, and we anchor ourselves in the word of God. And that's not open for discussion, right? So let's break open God's word this morning. The first question was, how many of you'd like to have a relatively happy life? Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 21 says it like this. If you want to be happy, what does it say? Have they started reading in Maryland? Okay, here we go. We're going to try this again. This is a brilliant group of people. If you want to be happy, be kind to the poor. It is a sin to despise anyone. I don't know about you. When I read that verse, I'm like, well... I don't even if I need someone to explain to me what that really says. 
It's pretty crystal clear. I became friends with a guy in Springfield, Missouri when I moved there, and he asked if he could take me to lunch. He wanted to tell me a little bit of his story, and I said, oh, man, I would love that. We sat down, and here's how he started out the story. I was raised by a mother who was a prostitute. Uh, typically, that's not how you start a story at lunch, right? I was raised by a mother who was a prostitute. I was raised in the worst part of town outside of Indianapolis, which included drugs, guns, violence, gangs. It was the worst of the worst. He said he was poor and that he had suffered much pain and loss early on in life. But someone at his church, a youth leader, reached out to him. He started connecting with him. He would go to his high school and have lunch with him. He started showing up at his athletic events. And that friendship, that investment, that love paid huge dividends because today that young man is one of our vice presidents at Convoy of Hope. When you love someone when they least expect it, it radically changes their life. When I'm out on the road or on an airplane, people ask me what I do, I say my life mission is to alleviate suffering and to populate heaven. That's why I get up every day, to alleviate suffering and to populate heaven. So let me give you this opening thought this morning. It's simply this. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. Everybody say practice compassion. Practice compassion. Now, it's been a few years, but a while ago there was a movie made called Patch Adams. Did anybody ever see the movie Patch Adams? Robin Williams played the character of Patch Adams in I've always been fascinated with the real Patch Adams because here was a guy who his life mission was to provide free health care for the poor and suffering, those who had no access to any health care whatsoever. I was living in Springfield. I had just moved there and heard on the radio that Patch Adams was coming to speak to doctors and nurses in Springfield. I called the radio station. I said, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse, but I've always been inspired by Patch Adams. I was wondering if I could get a couple tickets and attend. And they said, no problem. They gave them to me for free. I go to this event, and um, it was a special event only for 100 doctors and nurses. They had just brought Patch Adams in to give his lecture to this small group of people. So I'm on the second row from Patch Adams. But as we were walking in the door, they said, you can't enter the room unless you have a clown nose on. And so they gave Angie and I clown noses, and we put them on, and we went in there. Patch gave a speech about loving people when they least expect it and caring for those who are marginalized. And at the end of his lecture, he opened it up for questions. And so there was a lady there, and she was a nurse sitting on the other side of my wife, and she raised her hand, and Patch called out, yeah, what's your question? And she said, you probably had this in a small group or some type of uh, maybe a gathering where there's an icebreaker question, but the question was this, if you could have lunch with anybody living or dead, who would it be? Anybody ever had this question in some kind of, yeah, and somebody says Abraham Lincoln, somebody else says the Apostle Paul, you know, whatever. It's Patch Adams, he doesn't pause, he doesn't even think about it. She says, if you could have lunch with anybody living or dead, who would it be? And Patch Adams said, I've never met anybody I didn't want to have lunch with. I was like, wow. What if everybody in the church treated every person they came in contact with like that? 
I've never met anybody I didn't want to have lunch with. That everybody has a story and everybody's story is worth being heard. What if you took the time to learn about someone and love on them and, and just listen for a moment? You see, Scripture has something to say about this. In 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it simply says this, let love be your highest goal. I think sometimes we try to complicate things when really God has made it so simple. Let love be your highest goal. Calvary, I want to encourage you to be somebody who makes everybody feel like a somebody. When you have an encounter with someone, let your goal be that when they walk away, they feel better about themselves and have a, a better outlook on life. Be somebody who makes everybody feel like a somebody. I had the opportunity 18 months ago to fly down to El Salvador to encourage some ladies who were trying to start uh, their own micro-business enterprise. So there was a lady down there. Her name was Sarah. I think I have a picture of Sarah and I. And uh, she, wanted some, she wanted to get started in, in having hens. So we gave her 15 hens. And we told her when the hens have eggs, just go down to the corner of the two dirt roads and sell some of those eggs to other people in the village and you'll have money for your family and even some other uh, family members to help them and support them. So she did. She started selling eggs, and then guess what she did? She bought a rooster. And then guess what happened? Hey, you guys are smart. You know exactly what happened. So I went down last March, after we had been there 18 months earlier. We were just loving on Sarah, loving on people when they least expect it, and it radically changes their life. So we gave Sarah 15 hands and went back in March to check up on her. Guess how many hens Sarah has now? We gave her 15, she now has 150 hens. And she's been doing great. She did so well selling so many eggs and other chickens that she built the first shack convenience store in her village where she sells soap and toothbrushes and toothpaste. I mean, when you love people when they least expect it, amen? Let love be your highest goal. Question number two, how many would like your life to be an act of worship? Let me if you raise your hands on this one. Proverbs 14, 31 says it like this. If you oppress or mistreat poor people, you insult the God who made them. But kindness shown to the poor is what? What is it? It's an act of worship. Sometimes we think a certain song is our favorite worship song, and that's an act of worship. And I have favorite songs too. But scripture clearly tells us that kindness shown to the poor, that in itself is an act of worship. Let me give you this little note if you want to write it down this morning. Meeting the needs of the poor and giving with hearts of radical generosity is absolutely an act of worship. If you want your life to be an act of worship, this is part of the requirement. This is what God says truly is an act of worship. In fact, in the Old Testament, it was called almsgiving. It was simply meeting a need, a material need, for someone less fortunate than you. And God incorporated that in the Mosaic Law when he ordered landowners to leave the corners of their fields for the poor. 
When you give to the poor, it is an act of worship unto God. It's as plain and simple as it gets. Question number three. How many of you would like to keep a reasonably solid financial portfolio? You did a few minutes ago. Do you still, would you still like to? Okay, Here, just come on, enter in. You're going to get to go to the Golden Crown in a few minutes. Just give me, give me a little more time here, okay? Proverbs 28, 27 says it like this. Giving to the poor will keep you from what? Poverty. But if you close your eyes to their needs, everyone will curse you. How many of you have ever read a passage of scripture and after you read it, your first thought was, oh, shoot, I wish I hadn't read that. (laughs) This is one of those passages. It's crystal clear. There's no arguing about what this passage of scripture says. It's, It's as clear as it could possibly be. Giving to the poor will keep you from poverty, but if you close your eyes to their needs, everyone will curse you. For the last 22 months, Convoy has been heavily involved in helping those in need in the Ukraine. In fact, I want to put up a a map there. Where those red dots were is where Convoy of Hope had program centers before the war ever happened. And so as people were fleeing to Moldova or Romania or Slovakia or Poland, we already had team members on the ground who were ministering to them. Convoy of Hope positioned itself on the border between Poland and Ukraine because there were so many women coming with babies and small children. All the men stayed behind to fight. But Convoy of Hope got right on that border, and we wanted to meet an urgent need. So on that border, in between Ukraine and Poland, Convoy of Hope personally handed out over 2 million diapers to mothers as they crossed the border there. That's because, yes, yeah, that's worth clapping. That's... That's because of friends and partners like Calvary Church. We appreciate you guys so much. Psalm chapter 82 and verse 4 says, Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. Now, what does rescue mean to you? Pour out. What's that? Pour out love. Pour out love, yeah. I was a... uh, a chaplain at the fire department for 19 years in Cincinnati. And when we'd go on rescue missions, rescue missions meant whatever it takes. We'd lock arms and we'd walk across fields until we found a kid that was missing. How many, uh, you know, my wife and I, we started out our family and, uh, and we had twins. Uh, you go from zero to two, that's a big deal. We had twins. If you knew how bad one was, two was really bad when you don't know. So we had twins, and then we weren't thinking, and we had a third one uh, three years later. So we had three kids, three and under, <clears throat> which I wouldn't recommend any family to start out that way. <laughs> but when you have three kids that are three and under, and then you go to the mall or you go do something, and then they got older, and the twins were six, and the little guy was three. And, and uh, have you ever been to the mall with that, that many kids at that age? Yeah, we lost a kid. You know. <laughs> Anybody ever done that? Don't lie in church. You, you know you've lost a kid in Target. And uh, <clears throat> so here's the thing. When you got three kids and you're in a big mall or store and one of them's missing, typically your response isn't, yeah, we got two others. It's not, not that big of a deal. 
you go, you talk to people you've never seen and you go, hey man, did you see a kid with red hair in a blue jacket? Because you're doing whatever it takes. And then some old grandma finds them under a rack of blouses somewhere. Have you ever had this happen? You know what I'm talking about. These guys are laughing over here because it happened yesterday to them. <laughs> but rescue means whatever it takes. And God is looking for a group of people who are saying, God, we recognize that people who are outside of your family mean a whole lot to you. And because of that, we commit to do whatever it takes to make sure they have an opportunity to hear of the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. Proverbs eleven twenty five says, be generous and you will be what? Prosperous. Help others and what? You will be helped. Pastor Kelly said it so brilliantly. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. I'm going to ask you three questions. And I want you to answer them, okay? How many of you slept last night with some shelter over your head? Let me see your hands, okay? How many of you got up this morning, and even if it wasn't a lot, there was some food in your refrigerator? Let me see your hands, okay? And how many of you got to this campus, even if it was a hoopty, in some type of transportation to get onto this campus today. If you raise your hand on all three of those questions, that puts you in the top 1% wealth of the world. We are blessed to be a blessing. Everything we have is a gift from God. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, newsflash. He owns the hills under the cattle as well. It's all his. Everything we have is a gift from him. And you say, well, I don't, you don't know how good I am at my job. Who gave you your brain? Everything we have is a gift from him. So when we understand that we are blessed to be a blessing, God says, if he can get it through us, he will give it to us because he wants us to be part of the solution. God is basically saying, if you take care of my children, I'll take care of your children. Proverbs 22, nine says it like this. Blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. Some people say, well, why is it so important to, to feed the poor? Well, because most children in places where there is a famine or a drought, they can't hear the good news of Jesus over the groans of their stomachs. It's yes and, it's both. Question number four. How many of you would be grateful if God listened to your cries for help? Look what scripture says in Proverbs 21, 13. If you refuse to listen to the cry of the poor, your own cry for help will not be heard. I don't know that it could be said any more simple in scripture. If you refuse to listen to the cry of the poor, your own cry for help will not be heard. You know, when you take the time to genuinely listen to someone, when you pause and you look them in the eyes, what you're saying is you matter to me. You're taking time, you're not trying to talk or tell them everything you know, you're looking them in the eyes and you're saying, 
you have value, you matter to me. And we as followers of Jesus need to be those people. We need to take the time. You know, someone may come to you. Let me just throw this out. They may not need your advice. What they might need from you is a hug. Be that kind of person. Be that kind of person. You know, this problem is as old as time. In the first century church, they were asking the same question to the Apostle John. In Luke chapter 3, this is how it went. And the crowd asked, what should we do? And John replied, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Proverbs nineteen seventeen says, caring for the poor is lending to the Lord and you will be well repaid. Caring for the poor is lending to the Lord. Can you think of a greater blessing? Albert Einstein said this, the world is a dangerous place, not because of those who do evil, but because of those who look on and do nothing. Church, we're called to be part of the solution. As followers of Jesus Christ, he wants us to be part of the answer. So why should we care for the poor? I'm going to leave you with these four thoughts, and then we'll go. Number one, we should care for the poor because God cares about the poor. Do you know there are over 2,000 verses in Scripture that talk about caring for the poor and the suffering? Deuteronomy 15 puts it like this. But if there are any poor people in your towns when you arrive in the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Instead, be generous and lend them whatever they need. Do not be mean-spirited and refuse someone alone because the year for canceling debts is close at hand. If you refuse to make the loan and the needy person cries out to the Lord, you will be considered guilty of sin. Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. There will always be some in the land who are poor. That is why I am what? That is why I am commanding you. Not if you feel like it. I'm not suggesting this. I'm not willy-nilly in this. That is why I'm commanding you to share freely with the poor and with the other Israelites in need. You see, church, when we honor the poor, what you're doing is you're honoring God. You're honoring God when you do that. Now think about Jesus starting his earthly ministry. He has this inaugural address, and this is how he announces the start of his ministry on earth. In Luke chapter four, it says this, and Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. That's how Jesus started his ministry. The first thing he said. He said, well, that's the poor in spirit. Well, of course it is. But it's also the poor, period. He starts his ministry with that statement. Over in Galatians chapter 2, when the apostle Paul meets with the Early church leaders, Peter, James, and John, and Paul says, hey, do you guys have any ministry tips? And they say, yeah, whatever you do, don't forget the poor. Don't forget the poor. These first century church leaders emphasize the importance of meeting the needs 
of the poor. Why should we care about the poor? Number two, because God himself is an advocate for the poor. Psalm 12, 5 says, because the poor are plundered and the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will protect them from those who malign them. Let me just say this. I've kind of made a decision in my life. If there's something that God's fighting for, I'm going to be fighting for that too. Right? If there's something that God's going to be fighting for, you better believe I'm going to be in that camp too. I've got enough people resisting me. I don't need God in that camp. Right? Why should we care about the poor? Number three, because every person on the planet is valuable to God. Every person on the planet is valuable to God. I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would bet my house there's not a single person in this room who the first thing they thought this morning was, God, thank you for not allowing me to be born in the northern part of Burkina Faso. Not a single person in here prayed that this morning. I have this core conviction that where someone is born should not determine whether they live or die. That's why we need to be part of the solution. Right now, Convoy is helping in one of the most difficult droughts and famines in the last 50 years on planet Earth. In northern Kenya, right there is a picture. In this area of northern Kenya where our team is, there have been 2.4 million livestock that have already died. There are children where we delivered this food in the northern part of Kenya who are five years old who've never felt a raindrop touch their skin. It's not rained in that part of northern Kenya for over five years. There's no way we cannot be part of the solution, friends. God is calling us to make a difference. Isaiah 58, 10 says, feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The English Standard Version says, pour yourselves out for the hungry. These are people that Christ died for. This isn't a time to ignore it and say, you know, that's somebody else's problem. No, as followers of Jesus Christ, we must be the first responders. 1 John 3.18 says, our love should not be just words and talk. It must be true love, which shows itself in action. Why should we care about the poor? Because we were poor and God graciously gave to us. God is saying this morning, if you saw all the times I met your needs and gave you over and above just to bless you, you would go out of your way to help everyone else in need. This morning, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna guilt you into giving. I wanna grace you into giving. I want you to be so overwhelmed by God's grace applied to your life that you can't help but wanna help others. Remember Zacchaeus? When he has this amazing conversion, when he repents, he doesn't say, I'm gonna give one day of my income. He says, you can have half of everything I own. I mean, that's a radical conversion. It's an incredible act of repentance, contrition. 
when you think about all the times God has provided grace in your life, you can't help but be thankful and grateful and desire to bless someone else. That's it. That's it. We literally had nothing, and he literally gave us everything. Freely you have received, freely give. 1 John 3, 17 and 18 says it like this. Suppose someone has enough to live and sees a brother or sister in need but does not help. Listen to what scripture says. Then God's love is not living in that person. My children, we should love people not only with words and talk, but by our actions and true caring. Whenever you meet a suffering person, you'll find that Jesus is there waiting to be loved in that individual. Calvary, be the difference. God wants you to be his hands and feet extended. What is the Holy Spirit nudging you to do? What is the Holy Spirit prompting you to do? What is he asking you to do? Because everybody can do something. Everybody. Years ago, our president and founder, Hal Donaldson, was in Calcutta, India. He was meeting with Mark and Halda Buntain to help them write a book. And he said, we have a surprise for you, Hal. They took Hal down the road and introduced him to Mother Teresa, where he was able to interview Mother Teresa. While Hal sat there interviewing Mother Teresa, he asked all of his questions. And at the end, she turned the tables on him. She said, I have a question for you, young man. And Mother Teresa said to Hal, what are you doing for the poor and suffering? And Hal said, I figured in that moment, I better not lie to Mother Teresa. So he said, I looked into her cold black eyes and I said, to be honest, not much of anything. To which Mother Teresa said, everybody can do something. Everybody can do something. When I was pastoring in Cincinnati, there was a guy in my small group and uh, he had gone through a horrific situation. He had lost his wife to a heroin overdose. He had three little boys under the age of six and because he was trying to help his wife stay off drugs, he had been late to work so many days in a row that he was fired, lost his job, lost his wife, had three little boys under the age of six. But he came to me the week before the One Day to Feed the World offering. He said, Pastor, I want to be a part of what, what we're doing. I, I don't have a job. I don't have any money, but I just want to make myself available. He said, if you'll give me a bucket and a hose and a sponge and some dishwashing detergent. I'd like to wash cars in the church parking lot on the Saturday before the Sunday, one day to feed the world offering. He wanted the dignity of participating. We gave him everything he needed. We got someone to take care of his little boys. I drove up and down in front of the church about seven or eight times that Saturday. There he was all by himself, just washing cars. On Sunday morning, he came running down this left aisle. Never seen so much joy on someone's face. He said, Pastor, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, what? What happened? He said, I had no job. I had no money. All I did was make myself available. And he said, just washing cars yesterday. He said, this morning in this offering, 
I'm going to be able to give $500. Everybody can do something. When we do what we can, God himself does what we can't. He wants us to be part of the solution. We are blessed to be a blessing. And if God can get it through you, he will give it to you if you'll let him use you. We hope today's message was a blessing to you. If you'd like to connect with us, please visit calvarymd.com and fill out the connection card in our website. We'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. We'll see you right back here next week.